Look, payday's awesome, but running payroll, calculating taxes and deductions, staying compliant, that's not easy. Unless, of course, you have Gusto. Gusto is a simple online payroll and benefits tool built for small businesses like yours. Gusto gets your team paid while automatically filing your payroll taxes. Plus, you can offer benefits like 401k, health insurance, and workers' comp, and it makes onboarding new employees a breeze. We love it so much, we really do use it ourselves, and we have four years, and I personally recommend you give it a try, no matter how small your business is. And to sweeten the deal, just for listening today, you also get three months free. Go to gusto.com slash boss. that's gusto.com slash being boss. Welcome to Being Boss, a podcast for creatives, business owners, and entrepreneurs who want to take control of their work and live life on their own terms. I'm your host, Emily Thompson, and in this episode, I'm flying solo to share with you four of the biggest projects that I've been tackling at my retail company, Almanac Supply Co., to give you a peek inside of the systems and updates we've made to take it to the next level. You can find all the tools, books, and links we reference on the show notes at www.beingboss.club. And if you like this episode, be sure to subscribe to this show and share us with a friend. Whether you want to grow your business with content marketing, social media, or speaking on stages or in highly produced Zoom rooms, I've got a podcast recommendation for you. Cue up an episode of The Shine Online, hosted by Natasha Samuel, brought to you by the HubSpot Podcast Network, the audio destination for business professionals. On her show, Natasha interviews the brightest entrepreneurs she knows to bring you no-fluff advice, honest discussions about the mental health and lifestyle aspect of entrepreneurship, and actionable strategies and success stories of those who've mastered the art of shining online in this conversational podcast, with some hard-hitting episodes on marketing your business and filling the latest of her lineup. Give it a search and listen to The Shine Online wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, bosses. We're hanging out together. Just you and me today on this show to talk about what's been going on at Almanac Supply Co. It's been a hot minute since I've come in to give an update like this on my company here on Being Boss. And I'm really excited to be doing it in this way today because we've been doing a lot of things. And as I do all these things, I always think about coming in and sharing with you all the ups and downs and the lessons that I've learned. But as I come in to interview all of our new guests and all of my favorite business besties, sometimes I don't have time to come in here and share with you these sorts of things. Though I'm excited to dive in here to give you some really good nuggets. What I think is going to happen here is you are going to get an inside look as to what I'm deeming for whatever that's worth to be the most important things for my attention in this company. So if you're relatively new around here or maybe you just need a recap, here's a little bit about Almanac or in its fullest form, Almanac Supply Company, Almanac Supply Co. I call it Almanac on the daily. So I want to give you a bit of a recap of what that company is in case you need a refresher. 
So I launched Almanac in 2018. I launched it um, as an online business first, but also doing some local markets and pop-up shops. It is a retail company where we make candles and source crystals or rocks from all over the world. That is the core of our product offering. But we also have expanded our product lines to include things like art prints and hats and some apparel and keychains and my God stickers these days are wild. But the core of our offering is our candles, which we make in house and our crystals, which we source from all over. I like to think of us as like a really classy rock shop. We launched and started online. We were online for the first several years made it through COVID as an online business. And then we opened our first brick and mortar store in July of 2021 here in Chattanooga. I'm actually now recording this in the space that was originally our first brick and mortar store. It has now become my office here in the North Shore neighborhood of Chattanooga. I love being up here and this is a special little space, but it was incredibly small and we were kind of bursting at the seams almost immediately. We got the opportunity to move into a larger space in spring of 2022. So just last year, we opened up on May 1st, just almost across the street, like sort of catty cornered across the street from our old shop, right on the main sort of tourist strip of Chattanooga of the North Shore neighborhood. And that business has been open since or that portion of the business has been open since May. I do run the company with my life and business partner, David, and it is my business, basically. I mean, it's our business, obviously, but it's 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 my baby business. Every other business that I have ever done, I started it by accident, if I'm being quite honest, um, except for I obviously bought that tanning salon back in the day before you know, social media was a thing that wasn't an accident, but it wasn't a business that I started. It's kind of something again that I fell into and, you know, took that opportunity by the horns, I guess, and and ran with it. (laughs) What are you taking by the horns and running with it? That's not a conversation for here and now. As I have moved along my entrepreneurial journey, I've sort of found myself pushed and and drawn into specific directions where, you know, most of the things that I have done have just sort of happened. Whereas Almanac, I very much so started on purpose. I did everything very intentionally to start that business. It is and it was and is my dream business. If I were to start a business, which I did, that's what it would be which I did. I'm living my dream. (laughs) Am I not? And when I started it, I knew that I was or my intention was to start a next generation small business. I wanted to combine the mom and pop fill of a brick and mortar. We did not start with brick and mortar, but that was always the goal was to make it into brick and mortar, was combining this sort of mom and pop brick and mortar atmosphere with the good use of technology and a deep understanding of online business and bringing all of these things together in a way that not many people do these days. Um, And is still honestly, in the grand scheme of especially, you know, being a merchant in the world, we're just like at the very beginning of this process. And I knew that as I dove into Almanac, that I was starting online to build a really strong foundation in the field that I was most comfortable with, in the area that I have been working, you know, for over a decade. But I wanted to, I wanted to bring it into the real world. And I knew that I was doing something that 
wasn't done with this kind of intention, maybe really ever before, or I'm not the first, I'm sure, but I think I'm definitely one of the first, which is incredibly cool. And we're also doing some other cool things. So not only are we combining online and offline in a really sort of um, new and awesome way, but we're also combining maker products and sourcing from outside of what we're making ourselves. We're, we're combining a lot of different kinds of ways of doing business into a business model that at the moment, y'all, I think is working. <laughs> so, um, Almanac is, Almanac is a really cool place to be. And it's, it's honestly where a lot of my energy is these days. I'm obviously still, still here running being boss and I'm here on this show and I'm in the community, but, I have built everything in a way so that being boss is really, it's less than half of my time for sure. And most of my energy is going into this amazing company that Almanac is becoming. So I'm excited to share some of these things with you today um, about what it is that we really focused on in 2022. So I want to share the four, or not the four, I want to share four large projects that we tackled in 2022 from marketing to internal processes to give you that peek behind the scenes at what it looks like um, or what it is that I have deemed important for this phase of business. So let's get started. In 2022, we started in a very different place from where we ended. I know this episode is coming out, I think, mid-February. I'm currently recording it in mid-January. So about this time last year, it is quite possible that the new store was not even a glimmer in our eyes right? Um, It was about this time, maybe I'm going to go look later. I would not be surprised if it is literally the day that I'm recording this. We heard that the space across the street, that the business was closing down. And I remember telling David, like, go over there immediately and get the information for her landlord. (laughs) Like, because I absolutely want it. Um, It may not have happened yet. So literally a whole year ago, it wasn't even on my roadmap for anything that has happened in 2022 to happen, which is such a crazy thing. Like that is not lost on me (laughs) in any way, shape or form. I've thought about it most moments for the last six months that like, wow, six months ago, this wasn't even a thing. Eight months ago, this was not even a thing. 10 months ago, this was not even a thing. Literally now, 12 months ago, this was still maybe not even a thing. And if it was, it was the most bare glimmer of hope. So we were able to move into that space um, and without having made a plan to do that in the beginning of the year. We also started 2022 with four employees and we have ended with 10 in-person employees, including David and I, and four remote uh, mixture of employees and contractors. So we're looking at 14 versus four. It was a very big year for growing the team to help support the store and all of the processes that happen around it. Again, (laughs) the beginning of 2022, I thought we'd probably keep the four, maybe go up to five or six, some extra support so that David and I wouldn't have to spend as much time in the store. I never anticipated that we'd be ending the year at about 14. We also doubled our revenue in 2022, which was amazing. And like, 
literally just doubled it. Like those those last couple of days of the year, David and I were looking at the stats, just watching that 97 tick to a 98, tick to a 99, and then on the last day, 100% growth from the year before. Very exciting to see that happen. And especially in its exactness um, for us to double revenue from 2021 to 2022. Also, as we moved into a new store, we were able to add product categories and expand our marketing and start doing events. And some of these things that have always been dreams of mine with this company, so many of those things came to fruition in 2022. And I am so grateful for each and every one. So as a whole, the year was huge. It was so much more work than I thought I was getting myself into. And as I sit here and I've been reflecting back, I had my Almanac CEO day last week. I mean, I'm like, my brain is filled with numbers and charts and all kinds of things that in every single bit of it is just me being really impressed with what we've been able to do in the past year. But there are four big projects that really define 2022 at Almanac that I really want to share with you because I think you can take some really, really great nuggets for your business as I go through these. If I'm being quite honest, there were five. There were five big projects. But today I'm not talking about the brick and mortar store. So I'm going to talk about four big projects. And one of them is not even sort of the biggest one. I did a whole episode of starting the brick and mortar store back in episode number 306 or really moving and growing into the new space. So episode 306, it'll be in the show notes if you want to go back and look at it. But know that I'm not talking about that today because there are lots of other like that's that almost didn't happen. <laughs> I mean, it did. Obviously, we spent about six weeks really preparing and um, eight weeks, six to eight weeks, really preparing and getting into that new store opened on May first. That was so long ago. That was like five years ago. It feels like. So whenever I look at what we did this year, that was almost a little blip. Like it was such a little thing to get going and. All four of these other projects that I'm talking about have taken significantly longer than six to eight weeks. So in a way, the brick and mortar, though it did the most for the business and it was a very large project in and of itself, is a small thing compared to some of the other things that we've been working on in the company. These are also things that I'm obviously not sharing about anywhere. I'm not talking about, well, I am. I'll talk about that in a second. Um, You know, Opening the brick and mortar store was all over social media. I'm not putting on social media what our search engine optimization efforts have been, right? So these are really the behind the scenes things that we are working on. That is, um, that's the inner workings of the big flashy things that is, you know, opening a brick and mortar and all the things that we're doing there. So four big ones. I chose these because they are really important for the phase that we are currently in. And know that I have been sharing along the way all kinds of things on the Secret Making a Business podcast. So I know some old old Being Boss fans may remember two episodes of a podcast called Making a Business. You can search for it wherever you listen to podcasts and find two seasons of a show that Kathleen and I did together as I was starting Almanac Supply Co. 
and only those two seasons are available to the public. Since then, I have done monthly episodes to the Being Boss Clubhouse. And these are private episodes where I'm really getting into some nitty gritty things of what it is that we're doing, being very vulnerable. I mean, most of the folks in there, like, I know a lot of them. So it's like just updating my friends on what's happening at Almanac. If you are interested in any of that content, you can find that in the Being Boss Clubhouse at beingboss.club slash community. You can sign up for the Clubhouse tier and you will get access to the Making a Business podcast, which I think as of this month goes into, I think it's sixth season, which is crazy to think about, where I'm sharing all kinds of things that we're doing at Almanac on the regular, whereas here on this show, I'm only coming in once every six months and really updating you on what it is that we're doing. So if you are interested in hearing more of those things, head over to the clubhouse, sign up, binge the show for all it's worth, um, and you will have really the full update on all kinds of things that are happening at Almanac. And I'm continuing that show into this year as well. So the four things, as I mentioned, it's a little bit sort of internal processes. There's some marketing here. I'm going to be starting with one that feels maybe the most obvious apart from the brick and mortar store, and that is teen growth. We did a lot of hiring in 2022, and because it was such a part of what I was experiencing, and not only that, but as I run sessions in the Being Boss Clubhouse, or as I continue with the C-Suite Mastermind group that I'm still continuing forward with, we talk a lot about team growth about hiring and not just your first hire, though we talk about that often. Is it going to be an employee? Is it going to be a contractor? What does it look like to do to have an intern? All these things. Sometimes it's the first hire. Sometimes it's your like 15th hire and it's doing things differently and better or you're hiring for a different role or whatever it may be. So hiring is something that I talk about all the time, both internally, but also with you, with the Being Boss audience, those of you who are engaged and hanging out. Uh, we talk about hiring a whole lot. And so a lot of those episodes came through the Being Boss feed this year. There are four that I want to know in case these are of any interest to you. First was episode number 313, which is called Creating a New Hiring... Wow, can I say that correctly? Maybe. Let me try again. Creating a New Hire Onboarding Process. Follow that up with number 314. This was a sort of two-parter that I did with Corey. Uh, 314 was How to Plan for New Team Member Success. And then a couple episodes later, I came in with um, an episode with my friend Dana Kay, Number 323, growing your team to scale your business. And then I brought Dana back again for number 333 to do better hiring strategies for your small business. So there's been a lot of hiring and a lot of onboarding and making sure I'm getting the right team in place. But it also hasn't just been hiring. It's been building culture and policies and honestly, my own skill set as a leader and as a manager. I will admit that the hardest thing for me has been really stepping into the leadership role and not even stepping into it, but systemizing it in a way that I'm not forgetting to do reviews, right? Or I'm not forgetting to do all of the training that I need to do, whatever it may be. 
In all honesty, I'm used to working with professionals. I'm used to working with other bosses, either, you know, bringing them into my team or contracting with them or whatever it may be. So this has been a very different experience for me to have a whole team of sort of up and coming folks, right? People who are not completely entry level, like this is not their first job, though I've had a couple of those as well. But these are young college age folks who need a lot of guidance. And it has been a challenge, (laughs) an ongoing challenge for me to step into a place where I am as I can be as attentive and guide in all of the ways that I want to guide them so that they are happy in their roles and so that the company benefits from their presence. Because with this sort of group of folks, if I overlook things, things can fall apart very quickly. And not just, you know, from a sort of day-to-day standpoint, but they are literally the face of the company to a vast majority of our customers. So I'm talking about sales associates on the sales floor. Um, In particular, these are the folks who who are the face of the company when someone walks in. So there has been a lot of me in a managerial and leadership role in a way that I have never had to be before. And that has been, um, there's been some mindset shifts to even get me into a place where um, I'm accepting of that role. And that all sounds very dramatic. But anytime there's a transition, there's always a little bit of like, ooh, I got to do this thing or ooh, I didn't realize it was going to feel like that. And so I'm here and I'm ready and I'm doing it. But it has also been a process for me to sort of maneuver myself into that sort of mindset and practice um, of being that kind of manager in the business. And there are some things that I've done along the way to help support me in that role. One of the biggest ones was creating an employee handbook. in, In all honesty, I'm not even ashamed to say it in all these years, I've never had an employee handbook because I tend to work with people who don't need I I am hearing my lawyer right now in my ear going, Emily, don't say these things out loud. (laughs) You need an employee handbook. You cannot. (laughs) You cannot wing this one. Okay. And I really knew that before opening the store, before bringing in a team like this, that I had to. So as we were opening the store, I was like spending my nights at my laptop in my living room, putting together my first employee handbook. I cobbled it together from lots of sources as I have done most of my entrepreneurial career, doing some deep Googles, having some really great friends who were sharing of their own, all of these things and pulled together a employee handbook that defined everything from our dress code to the benefits and disciplinary procedures. I hated it. I hated putting it together. I hate making rules. It is not it is not in me to want to do that to other people. However, in general, I understand the importance. And in particular, a short-lived hire from 2021 showed me that this would be a non-negotiable moving forward. So before I made a single new hire for this new store, I made sure this was buttoned up and in place. And I am so glad that I have it. Do I like the rules? I didn't like making them, but I like them being there so that whenever people tow them, because people are always going to tow them, it's easy for me to be like, refer to the employee handbook. 
(laughs) And it makes doing my job as the leader and manager significantly more easy when all of those things are simply defined. If I were to do it again, I'd probably hire a professional, not going to lie. I spent a whole lot of time uh, doing it when I could have just paid someone to do it. And now that I'm going through my first review process of the employee handbook, a sort of new year, new everybody task on my to-do list, I'm really seeing where a, a professional set of eyes would be advantageous. And I'm not above moving in that direction, even now, a year later. So cobble it together now as you need. Um, if you can't afford someone to do it for you all the way, then know that you can come back in a couple of years and totally redo it as needed. So an employee handbook was a really important part of this process, took a lot of my time, continues to take a lot of my time, um, but is incredibly important. It takes a lot of my time, but it also saves me a ton of time and general grief. And I'm totally down for that. The next thing that I have invested a lot of my time and energy in this year around team growth is training. So building out training processes, it is an ongoing process. I actually haven't had to train anyone in a hot minute, knock on wood, which has been nice. So I haven't been able to like test and review and change it in quite the way that I was this summer when we were bringing on lots of people at a time. We have really amazing team retention, which is something that I am not going to lie. I am legitimately proud of, especially in a retail setting, the way that we have been able to retain almost every single one of our hires. No, actually, with the exception of one hire who moved away for college, we have retained every hire that we made in 2022. How about that? That is, I'm impressed with myself. And with just the whole team, like everything, but I'm impressed. But (laughs) really, building out training processes, updating them. um, I started really simple with my training processes. It's going to get a little more complex and sort of long-tailed. Instead of training sales associates in particular in one day or two days, I want to do it over the course of two or three weeks so that it's easier for folks to retain information. It is a system that I look forward to overhauling in the couple of months. I do see the need to make another hire or two in the next quarter or so. So it's something that is just an ongoing thing. And I think will be an ongoing thing, but in all honesty, didn't really exist in the same way before. So it was something that we've had to build out this year, as well as performance reviews. As of recording this, the performance reviews for the year are currently underway. It's been, it was a Q4 project for me to build out that process. It was a little slow going because, you know, I have months to do this. And as the year was winding down and we're busier than ever. I'm like, okay, I have to buckle down and make this do. And now that we're into January, things have been delivered, things have been scheduled. And we're officially doing our first round of performance reviews with the entire Almanac team. My intention is that this will happen twice a year, but also with with new employees, we'll have them at 30, 60, and 90 days. All of these are processes that have to be built out, right? I need reminders for new employees. I need the structure. I need the the ranking systems. Like I need all of these things in place. And we've been building all of that out over the last quarter and is currently in play. And I'm so excited for how this singular process is going to help us improve and grow as a team. It's going to give me the context to address several things on a regular basis that will continue creating the kind of team that is going to help us tackle the growth ahead. Because 
I ain't done yet. <laughs> Not even a little bit. And then we've also been building out some other things too, like fleshing out HR files and personnel files and getting communication squared away. There's been a lot of things with the t- this team growth piece that has taken up a lot of time and energy. In fact, I think I would have to say that hiring and managing this team has likely been one of the things that's taken up the most amount of my time in 2022. But the joy of getting in and making things happen and building the processes is that I can start offboarding some of these things this year as well, which also feels amazing. And even as we've built up a really great team this year, we were still understaffed during the holidays. For sure. I was working in that shop a good bit more than I wanted to. And actually, that's not even true. I've mentioned that. I don't I think this is actually even on making a business. I've mentioned that I did intend to work a good bit in the store during the holidays because I needed to see firsthand all the things that were going to happen um, so that I could better plan for the next year. What I did not plan on was both me and David needing to be working in the shop on that level. So a little bit understaffed, that can be easily remedied. And I'm putting the steps into making that happen soon. Um, But otherwise, now that the holidays are over, I'm not working in the shop. I have not worked in the shop since... I mean, honestly, I think since Christmas Eve, yes, I worked Christmas Eve. That was on purpose. I needed to see what it was going to be like so that I could better play in for next year. I don't think I've worked in the shop since Christmas Eve, and I am not on the schedule for the foreseeable future. In fact, I literally might not work at all unless an emergency comes up. And the goal is to staff up a bit more so that I am not the person who deals with emergencies. So building a team has been a big thing. That employee handbook is currently getting updated, um, and I know what I need to know to move into the year ahead. So that has been a huge one, the sort of HR, no, like human resources, building out the human resources side of this company, and more so than just like, you know, the stuffy HR office, but really thinking about the people we have and the time that they're giving us that we are paying we're not giving it that we are they are trading us for money right thinking about that resource and making sure it's managed and optimized has been my biggest task of the year number 2 is different <laughs> i don't want to don't want to say less fun i think it might be more fun but i think that i'm just weird so let's remove fun from the equation altogether it has been updating a key process at the store And that is our receiving process. And what I'm talking about whenever I say that is literally the process of the UPS person walks in or FedEx. None of these companies sponsor us. (laughs) USPS, perhaps. No, doesn't sponsor, but it could have been the USPS person. Walks in the door with a package, hands it to whoever is, you know, has their hands out. What happens next? I'm the, I was the problem. It was me. I 100% was the problem. There was one day uh, during, I may have, who knows, this fall sometime, something came in. It got tucked in the back room. I, and it was opened, tucked in the back room, and I got it out and just put it on the floor. I was so excited. These things that I ordered were finally here. Let's put them on the floor. Our product inventory manager comes in knowing that a package was supposed to be arriving that day. She's like, where's the whatever it was? And I said, oh, you mean those beautiful things on the floor? 
like on the sales floor. <laughs> and she was like, yeah, those aren't in the system yet. And I was like, I'm the problem. Me. It's me. <laughs> and that was the day that I realized that our receiving process wasn't working. If I didn't even know what was happening and there was no one there to stop me, there was nothing there to stop me. And there's nothing there to stop anyone else either. And we needed to fix a very big problem. And this probably happened. It's happened this summer. It was a summer thing because once fall hit, I knew it was time to update this process. And I put members of the team together to fix it. So three to four months were spent working through this singular receiving process. There was a lot of talking through a lot of testing out, a lot of building tools so that the singular process of someone walks in with a package all the way through this stuff is ready to be put onto the sales floor just happened in exactly the way that it needed to every single time. It ended up taking a lot more time and effort because it ended up being a much more sort of advanced and not even advanced, a much more integral process than I had originally anticipated. Because once we fixed that sort of piece of the process, it made us realize that, well, that's wonderful. But what about all of the other connected processes to this singular one? So though we were relatively quickly able to fix that sort of that one piece of the receiving process, we are now working on the things that bookend it, right? So thinking about updates for when I'm ordering things, how are those things getting communicated to the product and inventory manager, both for the purpose of receiving it for selling on the sales floor, but also for it being added to the website. And then like just, it's complex. It's really complex. Um, And at almost every piece of this puzzle, I am the problem. So I'm here fixing. I can't fix the problem. I'm still probably going to be a problem. (laughs) But I can fix the process so that I'm not a problem in this process. So it started out as a seemingly minor process that is actually, it actually has ties into the entire business. So we're focusing on getting it right. We were able to fix that. And it literally was as simple as whenever someone receives a package, take it downstairs and putting put it on the new receiving table that is labeled as such. So these are unopened boxes that are set on this receiving table. And then a Slack message is sent to our product and inventory manager to let them know that a package has arrived, right? So that's relatively easy. But then what happens next? And that y'all is the key question in updating or otherwise building processes. And then what happens next? Or really more correctly, and then what needs to happen next? And then what needs to happen next? Over and over until you build a solution that gets you from point A to point B in as easy a journey as possible. That's where we are. (laughs) So we're going to continue working on sort of the bookended parts of that process. Um, But that one was weirdly a large one. And it was, again, one that started pretty small, ended up being pretty big. 
And also, isn't that just the lesson in business is that few things are ever going to really be as easy as you think they're going to be. So for this one, anyone who fills any friction in your business, right? If there is a process that is just grinding your gears or it's grinding its own gears because it is not a well-oiled machine, what needs to happen next to get you from point A to point B? Growing a business can feel like the Wild West, but there's a better CRM in town, HubSpot. HubSpot CRM keeps all your teams on the same page, so you can spend less time managing your software and more time connecting with your customers. When you hitch your wagon to HubSpot CRM, your marketing, sales, operations, and service teams all have access to the same data. Sales teams won't miss out on qualified leads, and marketing teams know where best to promote their offers. That's how the Wild West is won. Learn more at HubSpot.com. HubSpot. Grow better. All right, I have two more big things that I want to share. Both of these are marketing things, which I know bosses just get so excited about. But let me tell you, neither of these have to do with social media. So calm down. Calm down. Or don't. Actually, don't calm down. Get excited. Because search engine optimization is now significantly more exciting to me than social media has ever been. How about that? So number three is SEO, search engine optimization. You've likely heard me talk about this a good bit over the past couple of months because it is so where my brain is at, at both being boss and at Almanac, if I'm being quite honest. And Clubhouse members and my C-suite members, we've really dove into this a couple of times. Um, or With Clubhouse a little more lightly, some more like top-level conversations, C-suite has seen my full process for what it is that we're doing. And everyone gets so excited every single time. So I'm going to give you a quick spiel on it. But also know that as I've done all of my reviews, and I see that this has been one of the most, um, one of the most fruitful investments of 2022, that I'm doing a workshop on it. Like I want to show bosses exactly what it is that we're doing so that you can either replicate or make your own process, whatever it may look like, and do this for yourself in a way that doesn't feel like a bunch of like tech garbledygook. Um, I'm going to be doing that workshop in March. So upcoming, if you're watching this or listening to this relatively live, um, it's going to happen in March to the Being Boss Clubhouse. So it'll be free to the Clubhouse, Clubhouse tier members of the Being Boss community. You can join at beingboss.club slash community, Clubhouse tier, join the Clubhouse. Um, And I'm going to be doing a workshop where I'm literally going to show you my spreadsheets and all the tools that we're using and all of these things. I'm going to give you a, a brief rundown of this now so that if you're interested, this will peek it a bit further. I hope it'll give you a bit of an inside look. Um, I you I made this process up more or less, pulling from lots of resources as I do. Um, so you can do this yourself. I think there's going to be enough information here for you to more or less get it done. But if you do want to see exactly what it is that we're doing, beingboss.club slash community, join the clubhouse tier workshop coming in March, and there will be a replay. So if you are listening to this later, there will be a replay of this workshop available to all Clubhouse members for the life of the Clubhouse. But let me sort of paint a picture for you here. Back in December 2021, we got a big hit on our blog, which 
I host our site on Shopify. They do not sponsor us. Um, I use the blogging feature on Shopify for our blog. And before December 2021, I was posting sporadically at best. I think there was, you know, a year where I posted six, seven, eight, a year where probably two, right? I was not doing a whole lot of content creation and I wasn't doing it with any kind of search engine optimization in mind at all. What I would do is for any, because I run a seasonal business, like not even seasonal in the way most people think of seasonal, but my my business deals with the seasons of the planet. I would go in often and update old blog posts and then republish them because they were still relevant for that time of year. So I would update any links. I would, you know, give them a copy edit. I would add anything, you know, whatever. So nothing crazy going on with my blog post creation at all. If anything, I was using it as fodder to get people from my newsletter to my website. So, you know, go read this post. Uh, I was not thinking about it for search engine optimization purposes. So I was doing this, I was updating, you know, a couple blog posts a quarter, so they were being published again at the right time of year. And in December 2021, I got a big hit on a blog post that I had been sort of republishing for the past year or two. So it was an old blog post, not incredibly well written for the purposes of search engine optimization, it just was relevant for the time. And I was impressed. And by impressed, at that point, I think it maybe got like 1500 hits in a day or two. And I was like, whoa, (laughs) that is incredible. Let's see if we can do it again. So I got this inkling that I wanted to, um, to try to actually update a post based on what I knew about search engine optimization and see if it would do anything. So I picked I picked a relatively arbitrary one. Actually, no, it wasn't arbitrary. It's actually pretty core to our, or pretty important to our core offerings. Um, There was a blog post on creating crystal grid kits. Um, Nope, it wasn't. It was a, I'm going to get this right, I swear. It was a blog post on how to do crystal grids. So I went in and using some SEO tools that I knew I could use for this, I updated it with all of the SEO goodness. So I added, you know, headers and I made sure it had keywords in it and all of those things on like a, on a very pretty elementary level of what this should look like. And then I started updating it or then I started um, checking in with the stats and I checked the stats for two or three months and I saw the growth happening. Now, about actually less than a year later, that one blog post that has not been revisited since I gave it the elementary go in February-ish of last year, that one blog post now accounts for 10% of our inbound organic traffic. That one, I originally wrote that blog post like four or five years ago, and it just sort of lived on the site. And then I updated it, not even the best update it could ever have. And it now accounts for 10% of our inbound organic traffic. That's kind of cool. Well, a year later, 10% is amazing. But the immediate numbers that I saw made me want to do more of this, but better. So in the spring of 2022, I sat down and I created a plan for investing in Almanac's almanacsupplyco.com, right, in the website's search engine optimization. And it is the and maybe the only, but really the marketing endeavor of 2022 that I felt actually paid off, which is 
quite something to say. So this is more than this is more than in, in across both businesses. This is more than Instagram. This is more than Twitter. This is more than LinkedIn. This is more than we even did some um, some mailers and things like that. Like you know, you feel little things from everything, but SEO is actually a snowball rolling down a hill. And even though it's still relatively small, it's just going to grow. It is just going to grow in a way that nothing else really grows these days, right? So broad strokes, here's what we did. First, I started researching. First of all, I will say that I have a like I already have a pretty great working knowledge of search engine optimization. I did some SEO writing literally maybe 20 years ago, like early, early stuff. Y'all don't even know about that. That's like a a weird little side job I had in college that I haven't even talked about literally openly ever. I did some travel writing for a website that's probably been dead for about 15 years. And I did a lot of SEO writing. So I was just infusing content with keywords, basically. Also built websites for eight years. So I have, again, that working knowledge of SEO. And then I've collaborated with companies on articles and, you know, core content pages and those sorts of things where I've experienced their working sort of systems with search engine optimization. So I have, I think I have more experience than most, enough to get me going, not enough to know that I'm absolutely doing it right until the numbers start rolling in. So I already have a pretty good knowledge, but I also did a lot of research. And most importantly, I paid someone that I've worked with in the past to do some consulting with me. So I literally like paid him for an hour and a half of his time for him to sit on a Zoom with me and answer all of my questions and walk me through all of the tools he used and why he uses them and how they could work for me. He did no work for me. It was just a consulting call and it was worth every single penny. So I did some research, I I gathered everything that I needed, and then I sat down and I chose my keywords. And whenever I chose my keywords, I tackled it in two different ways. And I had been presented with solutions for this before that made no sense to me. Like here, here are your keywords, but like half of these don't make sense. Half of these, like I would never choose. Some things are missing. Like I, it never made sense in my head until I did this. I sat down to a Google spreadsheet and I created two tabs in this Google spreadsheet. One tab was all of my core keywords. These are keywords that I should just be ranking for or that are simply so core to what it is that that, that I offer that they just they're they're my keywords. They are the core keywords for Almanac and these are things like Almanac Supply Co. Obviously, that's a core keyword to Almanac Supply Co. Yes. Also, candles. I may never rank for candles, but is it not a core keyword? And then fleshing it out a little bit more, crystal shops in Chattanooga. That one is absolutely attainable and absolutely a core keyword. So I created one spreadsheet that was a list of the core keywords that are simply imperative for the business that we run. The second sheet was goal keywords. These are peripheral, right? These are things that um, that are not necessarily core, but definitely related to products that we have or whatever it may or to our um, general sort of mission as a company. So things like how to build a crystal grid, 
right? So I literally pulled from some of our old really great posts and created this goal keyword sheet that was a little more peripheral, but things that I wanted to be working on. And peripherally, the opportunities are endless. So the goals were really just here's what we're going to work on for the foreseeable future. And I created about six buckets of keywords that were all like each bucket was a theme or a topic. And then underneath that bucket was, you know, 10 to 15 keywords related to that topic that I wanted us to rank for. And I did lots of research into their search difficulty and what their search volume was in a month and all of these things. But the basis of this was giving me the keywords that we would be working for. And then I onboarded the team and we got to work. So we started doing, we started tackling the blog or really the site from three different places. One is how do we update general pages to help us better rank for these core keywords that we wanted. So there was lots of pages that got updated for SEO friendliness using a couple of tools. And then we went through those blog posts and one chose old blog posts that we wanted to update to help us reach these key keywords, and then also created new content that would help us reach some of these keywords, as well as monthly reviews of our rankings. And y'all, we're winning. That's all I've got to say. We're winning. We're doing it. It feels great. It feels great in a way that social media marketing has not felt great in a long time. There's a couple of keyword sets from our goal keywords that I just moved to a third part of this Google sheet, a third tab that says winning. Because we just we're top top twenty of all of the words on that list, and honestly, because of the world we're playing in, crystals, it's kind of easy. <laughs> like we've chosen a really easy place to play the SEO game, which has been really nice. But it is also a lot of work. But we're seeing it pay off. We're getting organic traffic sales on the website every single week which makes me so happy. I can see where they're coming from, what they're searching, how they're landing there. And it's just people who are finding us by searching the things that we are literally working on. Of course, the goal is to be getting these sales daily. But at the moment, getting organic traffic sales every week makes me totally happy. And we have very purposefully pulled out of social media Not entirely. I think there's still a little bit of like a purpose there, um, but pulled out a majority of our efforts from social media to focus here because it's a longer game. It, I think, builds our audience better than social media does these days. And though the gratification is not instant, because I know it will last longer, it is more gratifying in general. In general. So SEO really has me jazzed. And it's like, it's kind of my pet project. Like I'm the one who's doing the monthly reviews because I want to see how all of this stuff is gone. My fingers are very much so in it. And I am loving it. I'm loving seeing it happen. And I want more of us to be working as much on SEO as you are on social media, if not more so. So again, if you do want to join a workshop where I will be taking everyone like literally through our entire process and giving you some good prompts to help you along the way, I'll be doing that in March in the Being Boss Clubhouse. You can join at beingboss.club slash community. That is the clubhouse tier of the community. So that's number three. Finally, there's number four. Four is a project that had been on my list almost from the beginning, probably literally from the beginning. And every year that I look through my CEO days, like the opportunities or the goals, this one is always on the list and it never happened until this year. 
until this past year. And that is a zine. For years, I have wanted to create a seasonal zine for Almanac, and this year we made it do. It almost didn't happen. Right as the right as we were getting ready for, you know, Q4 marketing, it was kind of time to sort of make a final call. I even think we made the final call not to do it. We were like, we'll just wait till spring. It'll be fine. We'll, we have so many things on our plate right now. Let's just, you know, focus on what we need to focus on. And then I came into a meeting one day and I'm like, no, y'all, I finally see it. I finally figured it out. And we were making it harder than it had to be. And once I like, once I made it less complex, once I made it less of a thing, it was actually able to be a thing. And so we pulled together the content again, super easily and in a way that we knew it would be easily replicated for future seasons. And we published, printed a physical zine for the winter solstice. It came out just before the winter solstice. It was a collection of blog posts and blog post snippets. My goal was to make a more immersive experience. So we're putting them in the bags of everyone who or every order that goes sort of out the door. They're getting one. And so they can read more about the makers. They can discover more about the products and they have ways to find more information on our website because that's really, really the goal is to get folks who come in our store onto our website. And I think it's genius. It's just, it's a little five and a half by eight, eight and a half, you know, like small size. And it's only eight-ish pages. It is adorable. I love it so much. It's also really funny because I see the marketing genius in it. Some of my sales associates are like, what's a zine? And I'm like, it's too cool for you. (laughs) But read it. Follow the links, dive in and immerse yourself in the world that is Almanac. It feels amazing to have this thing not only out in the world once, but we're already producing our spring one. It will be something that we do ongoing and it is a beautiful link. We are creating a bridge between our online and our offline experiences with this scene that feels a little bit genius. Um, And is it something that, you know, I think everyone could do? Mm, Yes, no, maybe. You know, it's interesting. I talk a lot to product businesses that have a hard time creating content for their business because they're product businesses. And I feel like this is a great example it ties mostly to blog content. So it's stuff that's already getting created, but it is possible to have an immersive sort of content driven brand, even if you're dealing with product. And we're learning a ton of things along the way. So we're learning about QR codes, which are, I'm so glad that the pandemic made those a thing. I've been using QR codes for, you know, 15-ish years, and they weren't widely used until we all had to scan them to access menus. And now everyone knows how to use a QR code, and I am very happy about that. I've also been working with UTM tracking, so we can really gauge where traffic and sales are coming from when we're putting all of this sort of print product into the world. And it's also helping us learn what content our foot traffic is interested in as opposed to, you know, our Instagram crowd or whatever it may be. Our foot traffic is very different. 
We have a whole different line of customers that are the tourists who just pop into the shop. And so we're learning about this new audience as much as we possibly can, and then also effectively bridging the gap between online and offline with this thing that starts offline. So there's my four things. It's been quite a year. It's been a lot of fun, a lot of new things. And this is why I'm here, right? Being able to do business in this way, to be innovative with how it is that we are connecting things together, to sort of build and nurture a team that is finding purpose in their work and also supporting a larger organization. Like these are all the things I am absolutely here to do. And with crystals in my pocket, like any and every pocket, and then others that I can't fit in my pockets. This is... This is the dream. And it's really crazy to me, again, to think that this time a year ago, I didn't think any of this was going to happen. We probably would have done this. We probably would have done the zine significantly earlier in the year, honestly, if the shop hadn't happened. But it would not have had the same audience if the shop hadn't happened. I am so impressed with the store, what it has accomplished with this business, with the team that we have built, and honestly with myself, that I've been able to even hold all of this and how as it's grown so quickly. Um, do I feel tired? Absolutely. I have some time scheduled off in February to to take a breather because I do feel like, you know, a year of hustling in this way um, has taken its toll and I need a nap. But I can also look at what we've done and feel so much like my efforts have been worth every bit of effort of it. Um, It feels great. And those are the four big things that I feel really define this year apart from the big one being that we opened the new brick and mortar store altogether. I can't even I'm like, I'm not even making plans for this year. I'm just, again, I'm just here to ride the wave of what this store is. I have some inklings. I'm not like putting any eggs into any baskets at the moment. There are some things that I want to do. There are some things we're going to hit off really fast. We're actually going to be diving into what it is that I'm best at or what it is that I have the most experience at very soon. We're going to do a full website audit and do a whole bunch of upgrades there, which I'm very excited about. Oh my God. I built a new website in January of last year. (gasps) Oh, I forgot about that. Well, that was a whole thing. January, February of 2022 was also creating a new website for Almanac before we ended up going, like getting the shop. That is insane. Okay, I need to quit this recording now. I'm probably going to take a nap. I hope that you all got a nugget that you can take into your business from this episode today. Thank you so much for coming and, and spending this time with me. And if you ever get the chance to come to Chattanooga, come check out Almanac Supply Co. And know that there is so much happening behind the scenes of that cute little rock shop in North Shore Chattanooga. All right, boss, because you're here, I know you want to be a better creative business owner, which means I've got something for you. Each week, the team at Being Boss is scouring the news, the best entrepreneurial publications, and updates and releases of the apps and tools that run our businesses, and is curating it all into a weekly email that delivers the must-know tips and tactics in the realms of mindset, money, and productivity. This email is called Brood, 
We brew it up for you each week to give you the insight you need to make decisions and move forward in your creative business. Check it out now and sign up for yourself at beingboss.club slash brewed. That's beingboss.club slash B-R-E-W-E-D. Now, until next time, do the work, be boss.